0: As Deacon Jay pointed out last weekend, for the next four Sundays, excluding the Feast of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary, the Gospel readings will come from the sixth chapter of John. John's Gospel has always been my favorite Gospel, and I credit the sixth chapter as instrumental in my conversion to the Catholic faith. Each Sunday, The gospel reading will be addressing in increasing complexity, scandal, and uncompromising truth the mystery of the Eucharist. Today's gospel starts with a crowd bubbling over with enthusiasm about Jesus. Why? The gospel tells us because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. They were. We are miracle junkies. We can never get enough. We're always looking for the next hit, the next fix. Now let's take a look at how Jesus slowly reveals the lengths that the mystery of divine love is willing to take for every human soul. The process began with a deliberate probing of Philip. As God, Jesus knew how events would unfold. But it was necessary for his disciples to be confronted by the limitations of their fallen nature. The same is true for us. So Jesus asked him, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? And Philip was just overwhelmed at the thought of trying to find a way to feed such a crowd. Who wouldn't have been overwhelmed? Philip, we quickly realize, in the face of great overwhelming need how woefully inadequate each of us is to do much, if anything at all. Now Andrew, the brother of Peter, well he had an idea. He said, you know, there's a boy here who's got five barley loaves and two fish. All right, Andrew, you're on, okay, you're on a roll, guy, you're on a roll. But then Andrew all of a sudden did what we all do. He said, but what good are these for so many? Andrew, like Philip, took stock of the great need and realized what little he had wouldn't even make a dent. And he wound up doing nothing. This tendency of our fallen nature to become paralyzed by our limitations can become one of two things. A roadblock to grace because we cannot see past our own insufficiencies and nothing gets done or A means by which grace can manifest the power of God working with what little we have despite our insufficiencies. And what was the little that Philip and Andrew had? What is the little that you and I have? Faith in Jesus. Jesus took the loaves and the fish. In reciting traditional Jewish blessing prayers used in every household, at every meal, he gave thanks to his father. And then the food was distributed. And no matter how much was eaten, the supply of food never ended. And I found myself wondering during the week as I was reflecting on the gospel text, what were the disciples thinking? as they're going around with these baskets of food and this huge crowd, and it never ends. There's always more than enough. More intriguing, I found myself wondering what the people were doing as they ate their fills from the endless supply of bread and fish. Now, admittedly, the gospel doesn't tell us, but human nature does. Some very close to the scene who overheard Jesus and his disciples most likely knew there was just a small amount of bread and fish and realized that a miracle had just happened and would have spread the word and it would have spread like wildfire. It's like trying to keep a secret in Buffalo. Doesn't work. (laughs) Most would have figured out just using the common sense God gives to a doorknob that no one could have possibly have prepared that much food in advance for such a crowd and would realize that something unheard of was happening in their presence. But now, just for the heck of it, let's consider what they were doing as they ate. Now, no doubt the event quickly took on a picnic atmosphere. Most were probably just talking about Jesus trying to take stock of him, trying to fit him into comfortable categories. Traditional or revolutionary? Temple loyalist or independent? Patriot of Israel or compromiser with the Romans? Perhaps some, while eating this miraculous meal, lost sight altogether of the miracle and fell back into old habits. You know, like we do, gossiping, talking about the weather, how the crops are doing, whether we're going to get a second cutting of hay in, the political situation of the day, what their kids were up to, making business connections, and on, and on, and on. Maybe some even fell asleep, like some do at mass having full bellies, and reclining on the ground, softly cushioned with fresh spring grass. It could have easily taken hours to constantly distribute the food so everyone had their fill. And to demonstrate to the disciples and to us the excessive generosity of divine love for man, Jesus instructed them, Gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. Obediently, the disciples did so. And they collected how many wicker baskets? Twelve. Twelve wicker baskets with bread and fish. Now, ask yourself, Why does the Apostle John include this little detail of 12 wicker baskets in his gospel? None of the other gospel writers do, only John. Well, up to this point in the gospel, Jesus' intimate group of followers are simply called disciples. It will be at the end of the chapter... As we will hear in a few weeks, they are referred to for the very first time as the Twelve. Jesus was underscoring to each of those men, and through his living gospel to each of us, the endless abundance of grace and mercy that has been entrusted to all in his church, and that none of it should be wasted Then what happened? Well, what Jesus knew was going to happen. The crowd drew from their Jewish heritage. So far, so good. They were waiting for the coming of a prophet, just like Moses. Okay, good. They saw a parallel. Just as Moses had miraculously fed the Israelites with manna in the desert, this Jesus has fed them with bread. They were on the right track. It was commonly believed by many Jews of that era, that the miracle of the manna would repeat itself in the days of the Messiah. They instinctively concluded that Jesus must be the long-awaited prophet, and they wanted to go and make him their king. But their instinct was wrong, as human instinct so often is. Jesus would have nothing to do with it and departed to the mountain alone. He did not abandon them. Like any good teacher, he wanted that the experience of that miracle to land on the disciples, to land on the people, to settle within them, to penetrate not just their bellies, but their minds for the far greater miracle that could always be theirs, but only if they will allow this temporary and passing nourishment to deepen their faith to accept the ultimate, scandalous act a divine love for man, the true bread that will give eternal life.